Hey, yo, welcome in to CHGO White Sox Podcast, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Uh, today, I've just been reading what the show says on the, the, the graphic. It says CHGO White Sox Podcast, the CHGO White Sox Podcast. That doesn't. It's a CHGO White Sox live show. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just I, re, I I did it with the bet show as well. I said the CHGO bet show, which doesn't make any sense. There's no the. It's You're not, losing it's the not the proper. like social experiment. This, yeah, it's not uh, or social uh, network. We're not talking about the Ohio State. Yes, sure. So, sure. Uh, anyways, welcome into Studio A in our West Loop offices. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. I guess I did it there as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer and the man in the middle is herb lawrence hello you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall 23 uh how, how's your day been you working on a little something something no i was telling Vinny about it too uh yeah. it was it's probably not for um consumption of other people it's just a thought that i had it's all like more of an opinion than uh, anything factual and so i'm it will come out to people who need to see it come out maybe you can hear it if you join our happy hour this Wednesday, if you're a, dis- a diehard member. There you go. Uh, we will be answering uh, diehard questions as well uh, from the mailbag. And when you sign up to be a diehard, you get a shirt, you get a membership card, uh, you get access to uh, diehard specific content on the website, uh, both audio. I think there's some video stuff as well um, and some written content uh, like Vinny uh, going through his record albums and picking out a, a record for each White Sox player uh, and uh, a lot of good stuff there uh, as long as the as well as the uh, Discord or uh, CHGO Lounge where you get to chat with us. There's now a sports betting Discord in there, so now I get to make some friends, which is fun. Uh, I heard that Kevin might be making a, a CHGO Marathon uh, Discord in there too. Bless those For all people. the people who's going to run marathons this year. He's I, running the marathon. Oh, Kevin, is. that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, good I'm, for him. I might yeah. run He's a five k run- by my house. Okay, run that's, it. Yeah, that's twenty three miles less than him. Have you wa- have you walked a five k? Yeah, it's easy. Okay. No, I mean, no, I just I haven't. It's, it's just, just kind of like, like a goal. Like uh, yeah, right. It's, it's by the house too. No, it's a good goal. I'm just saying like. I just didn't know if you were just going to just start running a 5K or if you've, like, done a 5K like, before, you like walked a 5K. Sculpt, just keep on going? Yeah, right. Like, I, I don't know if I could just jump in and run a 5K. You can't. i got to train for it. So mm-hmm. that's the part that I hate. Best of luck. Yeah. yeah. The walking part I can do. The running is... <laughs> you guys saw it in the video? Hopefully you're more coordinated. Uh, yeah, we saw something. I'm not sure I would call that running. I mean, we yeah. saw falling. That's why I'm, <laughs> that's why I'm training to run. <laughs> and, hey, maybe... I'm not it, Barney Stinson. It'll be less sprinting, so maybe, you know, a little bit more of a steady pace will keep you upright. Uh, let's uh, jump in before we get into... Uh, oh, and just to finish up on the diehard stuff, uh, you can join the CHGO Lounge. Again, chat White Sox with us. Uh, ask us Mailbag Monday questions. Uh, and then also, on Wednesday, we're going to have a happy hour uh, at 8 p.m., We'll send you the link to join the Zoom chat. And I saw the CHGO Cubs guys do this on Wednesday. Uh, and it's basically just an open forum. You know, if you guys want to talk White Sox and ask us White Sox questions, that's cool. Um, we'll be raising our hands to ask questions. But if you got something to say, it's just kind of an open forum. Just say whatever and hang out with us for about an hour. So it should be fun. Uh, and, hey, uh, Shush Poppy is signed up for the marathon. And I know he's a part of the CHGO team already. So uh, there we go. Kevin, you got another one. So uh, we're, we're building the marathon team. Building uh, the marathon team for you, Kevin. People want to like join the marathon team. to run team. the CH, Team CHGO Chicago Marathon. Yeah. Okay. All right, Kevin is go. enthusiastically happy that you are <laughs> uh, going to be joining the marathon. He says, I'm signed up for the marathon this year. I'll join I'll the CHGO team. I cool. said I'm running 23 right. miles less than you. I'm, I'm doing a 5K. <laughs> All right. Um, Stefan Bardo dropping a super chat uh, saying, are you guys going down to AZ? So ready for baseball. What did Greg say? I think it's uh, it's it's a week from Wednesday. A week from Wednesday. There you go. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, I know Vinny's going down to AZ. I don't like AZ too much, but I might just find my way down there. But I understand, you know, for spring training, yeah, go definitely. And the, my favorite part about Vinny going to AZ is the cactus will return. We get to put the cactus in your chair again, um, <laughs> pretending that you're still here. 
Um, Man, can't wait for that. I, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. Maybe we're going to put some purple shoes on it. Maybe a little go. hat. There it'll be go. great. Uh, it'll be a good time. Hi, Eli. Good to see you're up and uh, around. I, I know. I think you just signed up to be a diehard as well. Uh, I think that was the last time we saw Eli in the chat. He's going to be a diehard. So uh, we'll get to chat with Eli if he's up uh, over in Israel. It'll be uh, very fun to have a, an international happy hour there. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and it might be 5 a.m. in Israel uh, when it's 8 p.m. here. Uh, let's jump into something a little bit more serious, but uh, honestly, you know, great. Uh, the White Sox have announced today that they are selling T-shirts to support Liam Hendricks' fight against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, you can see the cancer, uh, the shirt here, uh, close out cancer with uh, the E being flipped to a three, and then the the kind of the the little part being a one of the R. You know, mm-hmm. very very neat. Uh, and all the uh, net proceeds will be benefited or. or benefited towards uh, the Lymphoma Research Foundation and its mission to eradicate lymphoma and serve those impacted by blood cancer. And specifically, I know the Hendricks families want it to go to people who are uninsured or possibly can't afford the treatment. So uh, a really great cause to go get a shirt and support your, your favorite closer. Absolutely. I mean, hey, we when when we heard this, you know, tough news about what Liam's going through, uh, the, the immediate reaction was to point to, to the kind of person that he is and all the endeavors that he and his wife uh, uh, have undertaken here in the uh, Chicago area and across the country. Um, this is another one, right? I mean, would you expect anything less than, uh, you know, a guy who, you know, doesn't need the, the fundraising that we all see all the time, you know, when, when people uh, go through health situations and stuff, the, those medical bills pile up and people are sometimes forced to, to head online to, to try to raise funds. Liam doesn't have to do that for himself, so of course you would expect him to turn that toward the people who who are uh, more needy than he is. And um, listen, I think everybody uh, out there that is a White Sox fan is is wanting to support him in whatever way they can. Here's uh, some uh, of sports fans' favorite thing, the T-shirt. Uh, here it is. You can go uh, buy that and wear it to the rate this year, and uh, your money's going to a good place, too. Uh, uh, and that's, of course, Liam's doing as much as, as it is the White Sox. So, uh Again, wouldn't expect anything else from from him. And of course, you know, while Liam is you know battling cancer, he's always thinking of other people, as you stated, with their people who can't fit uh, fit the financial need of battling cancer. He's looking out for those people as himself and his family. They're well off. They know that they don't necessarily need the GoFundMe's and such of the world. But this is a good uh, cause right here. Of course, Liam's giving spirit always shining through. I've already bought a t-shirt because that's the, the littlest, the smallest thing I can do to help support him and people who are going through situations like himself are. So yes, Team Liam all the way. And uh, uh, if you can, retweet it yourself. Buy a shirt yourself and spread the word out so the more of these shirts can be bought so this money can be going to more helpful pe- or uh, people who need help. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know I think Ian in the chat w- and uh, Melissa in our diehard chat were mentioning uh, hopefully the White Sox do some sort of night specifically for uh, non-Hodgkin lymphoma and you'd assume that they would. Um, they're, they're pretty uh, wow. forward, especially with nights like that. And uh, Liam also did share about three hours ago on his Instagram story that he is going uh, undergoing round two uh, of his treatment for non-Hodgkin lymphoma. So uh, we are wishing the best. Hopefully he only has, you know, this certain amount of rounds of treatment and hopefully he doesn't have to deal with this again. You know, uh, he, he, we know he's a warrior. Uh, it's always awful to talk about certain topics like this because this man's in the prime of his career and you know hopefully it doesn't derail his very very prominent career and even when it's not somebody who's prominent like it's just you know it's it's such a an equalizer uh, yeah. so you know it, it could take down anyone no rhyme or no reason for cancer and strikes and uh, I'm sure Liam always thinking about others always uh realizing he has a blessed life and I think you know no matter the baseball player the person I think uh will do his damnedest to get and eradicate this disease and then follow up with uh, foundations and such to make sure it doesn't affect other people as he's doing right here with the uh, donations going to people who need help fighting this disease. So, yeah, we're all with Liam Hendricks and people who are fighting. 
any type of cancer, and especially uh, this one, not Hopkins lymphoma. Yeah, and uh, Liam's wife said, we've been blown away by the resounding support of White Sox fans during this extremely difficult time. With help from the White Sox, these shirts are a wholehearted effort to express gratitude to the community while empowering those facing similar hardships and using our combined platforms to give back to organizations at the forefront of this fight. We resolve to face what lies ahead and know the initiatives like this that can have a profound impact in helping close out cancer. So a very, uh, you know, a a great effort uh, there and a great cause. So uh, if you are wanting to support Liam Hendricks, uh, there is also the option on whitesox.com slash team Liam to write a message too. So if you also want to buy a shirt and write a message or just write a message, whatever, uh, check out whitesox.com. And if you just don't want a t-shirt, if you're not a t-shirt person, you can donate. You can always donate on that same website. And so uh, go and check it out if you can. Um, the White Sox have it on theirs. The White Sox charity have it on their Twitter uh, form. Both Vinny and I, and I think Sean, have uh, tweeted out. So check it on our uh, Twitter feeds and such where you can just help out any way you can. Any dollars would be gratefully appreciated. I'm just now, since you said I, I tweeted it out, now I'm making sure I retweet Vinny. Uh, there we go. Now now I have uh, successfully retweeted Vinny. Uh, so you can check Vinny's Twitter uh, for my tweet, uh, or you can check my tweet for Vinny's tweet, uh, or you can just check Vinny's Twitter for his t- tweet, whatever. Um, any you can, you any get the number picture. of ways. Yes. Uh, but anyways, check out whitesox.com slash team Liam. Uh, let's take a quick break. We got some Colson Montgomery talk mm-hmm. after the break. Uh, we got some uh, Justin uh, Jershley. Jershley, yes. I want to keep saying Jershell. That's not correct. It's not correct. <laughs> uh, Jershley. Uh, we got some Justin Jershley sound on Colson Montgomery. Uh, we have some Monday mailbag questions from our lovely CHGO diehards. And we're continuing our season previews. Uh, we're now going to second base. And we'll talk about Romy Gonzalez and if he's the man for the job. We got to tell you know about Green Ridge Farm, though. Green Ridge Farm is a local product. They're a local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They're the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks that are perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. And these all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. With 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post-workout snacks. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, flavors like jalapeno cheddar, and spicy chili. And if you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing out on. They are delicious because they are made from recipes generations in the making and being all natural they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time you can always find them in the refrigerated section at costco in sam's club or your local chicago chicago land grocery store um i know they're they're always found in the deli section of the jewels um so if you're, you're shopping over at the jewels check them out right now when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart those meat sticks will be free simply by using code chgo at checkout greenridge farm simply natural meat also got to let you know about game time. Uh, the Bulls play tonight. They do. Versus San Spurs. Antonio, right? Yes. Okay. Never mind. 7 o'clock. Um, but the Blackhawks are starting back. All-Star break's over, so the Blackhawks will be back in town soon. Uh, and game time is the best site, the hottest ticketing site, to get your tickets. Hawks will be in town tomorrow against the Mighty Mighty Ducks. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever. Score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed of sitting at a seat you never thought you could, 50-yard line courtside behind home plate, floor seats at a concert, it is possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. You won't find a better deal this season on Blackhawks tickets because Game Time was created by the fans, for the fans, because they guarantee the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. And by the way, I bought tickets through Game Time through this app, uh, through our uh, link here in the description for tonight's Bulls game. I bought it a couple months ago for my sister and her uh, her um, like wine tasting thing or paint and wine thing. Whoever bid on the highest price got the thing, which my mom did, and she's like, uh... I can't go, so can you go? I was like, yeah, I can go to my own game that I bought already. And so I bought it on the Game Time app, and I'm telling you, folks, it's the way to go, especially, like, tonight. If you're wanting to go, it's like, you know what? We got nothing to do in the house. It's a Monday. No football's going on. Let's go and buy some tickets on the Game Time app. Hit the link in the description. It'll take you right to our page on the White Sox. And just change it up a little bit to what the Bulls tickets or the Blackhawks tickets you want for tomorrow. You'll be in the house. And – for game time, they have this thing called a firm, which is awesome. You can pay it, like, incrementally oh, per month. Yeah. Because sometimes you want to go to a game that you can't afford just right now. You want to go to a concert, a Beyonce concert, you can't afford it right now. Now you got to put a you know, month-to-month uh, payments on it, and game time hooks you up that way. So go there and try it out. 
I've used it before I started here at CHO and before they came a partner. And so I'm very happy that there are people with us. And so use it all, all the time. And I always love talking about your experience where you found a better deal on a different site. After you bought the tickets with game time, you told them and within 12 minutes you got, you know, that, that money refunded. 110%. Back. So uh, shout out to game time. They are a fantastic, fantastic sponsor. Uh, let's jump in to some Colts and Montgomery talk. Uh, what's this on Saturday? This was last no. This was last week during the week. This was Friday? on Friday. I yeah, think, okay. Yeah. But still, a day off because I remember you texted us uh, after uh, on Friday. I was like, "Oh, that sucks. We're not That's doing not a podcast day today." Off, and Vinny has to, you know, <laughs> Vinny has to work. Uh, but you chatted with now new manager of the Charlotte Knights, Justin Churchley uh, again. Churchley, Churchley. Um, anything stick out besides what he, he said about Colson? Um, anything maybe about the job he's excited about uh, in AAA? Yeah, I mean, you know, people who have been paying real close attention know that this guy's been in the organization for a while now, moving up the managerial ranks uh, down there in the White Sox minor league system. And now there he is at the highest level you can get in the minor leagues, a triple A. He's a guy who obviously the organization has confidence in to to execute the goals that the player development side has put together. Uh, Managing a minor league team is not like managing a major league team. Uh, Obviously, the goals uh, are different. You would think that Everybody all over the place, the number one goal is to win, and obviously they're trying to do that, but uh, there are a lot of other things that they have to be looking at from a player development standpoint. Is this pitcher going to – this pitcher has to throw this many innings, and it doesn't matter if we win You know, if we win the game at the end of the day. The folks back in Chicago care to see the progression of the players. So um, it, it's a very interesting – world that those guys manage in and it's not one that necessarily equates perfectly to what's going on at the major league level but um, he is the guy who was the manager at Birmingham last year when obviously they had uh, that experimental thing they did toward the end of that season where they gathered everybody together from all over the organization he was the guy in charge uh, down there while that was going on so um, some unique perspectives there on what that was like and basically he was kind of just struck by the amount of talent that the, that they have in the organization uh, obviously a different view from the inside organization than a lot of folks on the outside of the organization have when it comes to making those rankings and whatnot. But um, obviously he was asked about Colson Montgomery, who was part of that Project Birmingham thing, uh, and is now the White Sox highest rated prospect since Luis Robert made the majors. So, or I guess since Andrew Vaughn made the majors. So, uh, you know, finally it seems they, they again have somebody to get hyped about in terms of a player at the top of those rankings. So it makes sense that he was a topic of conversation. Yeah. Wonderful segue right there. Let's uh, get to Justin Jersley's thoughts on Colson Montgomery. It's about two and a half minutes. Uh, Bruce Levine will jump in with uh, two questions for Justin, and then we'll be back uh, to, to talk more about Colson. You know, as far as, makeup and tools I think the biggest thing that jumps out for me is is how natural things come to him on both sides of the baseball offensively and defensively um he he he's always comfortable um in the sense of the game doesn't speed up on him physically or mentally right so he's always in control um you know especially when he's in the box I, I I noticed that you know his first night playing with us in Birmingham you know, he's, he's 20 years old. He's coming up from, from Winston-Salem from a ball. And, you know, the game's a little naturally, a little bit faster, each level you climb. Um, But just how in control he was on both sides of the ball, riding that even, even keel mentality of, you know, not, not getting too high, not getting too low. Um, He's just a true pro and everything that he does is daily work. He shows up early. Um, He's putting the time in the training room, the weight room, his early work defensively, and then obviously in the cage as well. Um, so he's he's a guy that's definitely going to continue to propel in the right direction because of the head that's on his shoulders. How um, how did he respond when he made mistakes? How quickly did it become uh, okay? Not going to do this again. Uh, how how quickly did he uh, you know shake it off? Uh, very quickly, like I said, he's got a, a mature approach to everything that he does you know, and, and he wants to learn. He's a guy that he's, he's always asking questions, right? Um, whether it's the hitting coach, Ryan Newman is our infield coordinator, myself. Um, he, he's, he's always eager to learn because he knows that's how he's going to get himself better on the mental side of the game. Um, and, and that'll ultimately help him physically as well as he moves on. But um, like I said, back to, you know, the head that's on his shoulders, he's just, he's just got a mature approach about everything that he does. Um, you know, especially for a kid who's now 21, it's, it's special and, and it's exciting to see. Just one more question. Do, do you, uh, 
assume it'll be shortstop all the time or will will he move around as according to what uh you know the front office and you have talked about yeah for sure I mean I think you know he was drafted as a shortstop and again this is probably a better question for someone who makes those decisions higher up but um you know I I haven't seen personally from from what I've seen you know those last four weeks in Birmingham I don't see any reason why he can't stay at shortstop right now so two things stick out to me, just the way that Justin is still kind of marveling at the fact that he's 20 years old still, uh, will be 21, will finally be able to have a drink legally. Uh, I mean, he's from Indiana, so I'm, I'm assuming, just hey, my hey, assumption. Hey. Uh, but uh, February 27th is uh, Colson's 21st birthday, uh, so he's about, uh, what, 21 days right there. Uh, he'll be in Arizona. 21. Yeah, he'll be, he'll, he'll be yeah. 20. Uh, it's spring training, when spring training opens up. Uh, pretty crazy right there. Uh, and uh, Colson... It's very exciting. You mentioned, you know, prospect that is this highly rated since Luis Robert. We'll get into some of uh, the what, what the experts uh, and maybe the people who could analyze if Colson could stick at shortstop, like uh, Jershley was, uh, you know, referring to at the end there. Uh, but what do we make? Like, is this exciting? I mean, or how exciting is this? Like, you know, we've we've seen the White Sox have a, a high prospect uh, or future. What's it called? Farm a farm system. You yeah. know, ranked highly when Aloy was in it, Luis was in it, but having this specific player does it mean anything right now to me no because he's still a year away at least right because of his youth because of his uh relative inexperience in playing baseball but last year's performance through three different systems low a high a triple or double a tells me the kid has something natural about him that he is not afraid of the moment think about that in those leagues yeah, they're younger people, but also he is one of the youngest people in those leagues by far. And he's playing levels with grown adults that have had drinks before and that have had a cup of coffee some in double A. And he's battling with them and doing well in his first full season of being a major league or being a professional baseball player. So, yes, in that sense, I'm excited, but still probably a year away where this year it's going to be Romy and or Lennon Sosa or or um, fucking Louis, Larry Garcia playing second base. <laughs> Tim's blocking his path to shortstop, so he'll be probably transitioned to second base. And for an athlete like of his stature, I don't doubt he can do it. The height at second base will kind of, you know, give me pause, but the range has been good. The hitting tool has been always there. So I would love for this year to just to be a more development year, but exclusively at second base because that's where he's going to play in the major leagues. I don't know if the transition to shortstop to second base is an easy one, but I've rarely seen it happen where you're doing that all through shorts during the career of a shortstop and then, hey, major leagues, second base, go ahead and do your thing. Well, I think, you know, the reason that I brought up, like, you know, thinking back to Andrew Vaughn and Luis Robert and Aloy, uh, when you talk about Colson Montgomery, is that people are already asking these questions, right? I mean, nobody asks those questions, and somebody does, but not a lot of people, about these guys that don't show up on these ranking boards and, you know, these guys who might be a roll of the dice someday kind of thing. Colson's kind of looked at as, as more of a, uh, a more of a sure thing. Obviously, it's baseball, and no, nobody's really ever a sure thing until you reach the major leagues. But, um, you know, it, it's interesting that these questions are already being asked. I think the realistic thing is... Well, let him let him develop. Let him keep playing. And then we'll talk about what position he's playing. Uh, you know, he might spend uh, much of the season, much of an entire season at Double A, or or maybe he splits it between Double A AA and Triple A. I mean, when he went up to Double A, the idea was not to get the results right away. He was there to be a part of Project Birmingham, and the White Sox said that they didn't really care what the stat lines were going to be from those guys in getting that experience. His was not good. His his stats at Double A weren't weren't great. But obviously, he dominated uh, at the lower levels, and so I'm sure the White Sox are just absolutely thrilled with what he was able to do with kind of where they had him. So, um, is he going to go to second base? Is he going to go to third base? Is he going to stay at shortstop? I think that is all to be determined. And, of course, it's based very much on what the Major League roster is going to look like when they deem that he is ready. You can't right now say, uh, you know, well, uh, here are the opening day guys for 2023. So he's got to fit into that exact mix somehow. We've talked several times about how what 
what Tim Anderson's future holds, you know, and his he's slated to hit free agency here in the next few years. Um, Yohan Moncada, obviously, under the contract extension, but, uh, you know, second base is still a question mark, as we're going to talk about later today. So um, he could go any number of places, really, because you don't know exactly when he's going to be up, and you don't know what that major league team is going to look like when he does. I think the point, though, is it is okay to get excited about a guy like this, a prospect like this, because you're seeing uh, a lot of hype about a White Sox prospect for the first time since Andrew Vaughn. You had, you know, you had a situation where the White Sox had that really highly rated farm system, Sean, like you were talking about, and then immediately all those guys hit the major leagues and it just dropped all the way to the bottom of those rankings and it's yet to kind of recover. Top heavy was the word that, that was being used to describe it, even when all those really highly talented guys who are now major league players were a part of it. So maybe you're now seeing you know, the, the, the fruits of the White Sox trying to build this into something a little bit more sustainable uh, and certainly they've got a star, a minor league star, at the top in Colson Montgomery. And after you uh, complete your Colson answer, I want to talk about a side. So I would let you go ahead and do your Colson answer. Okay. Because well, I wanted to talk about something. I didn't want to derail your conversation. So I'll make sure. I, you kind of derailed it's been it already. Derailed, I understand. Yeah. Nice socks, by the way. I like Thank your you. socks. No, Appreciate I mean, oh, derail it. Feel free. I, 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 I know was just where I'm saying, going. Like, why is not like a player that we're actually going to see this year in Oscar Colas not more highly ranked? I see him 85 in uh, MLB Pipeline, but in other ones, other people like Ramos are uh, ranked. Is it because of yeah. his age, his being 25 this year, is not respect that they're giving him? Because the numbers play. I don't know, to be honest with you. Uh, it's surprising because all the reports seem to be positive. Like, I don't think people expected him to be so successful at Birmingham and then continue that success at Charlotte, even though it was like nine games. But even the reports defensively were positive. Like, he was playing center field and doing it well. Um, so I don't understand the Colas thing as well. Uh, I have the numbers here from MLB.com who ranked him 85th. Uh, overall, they have him at a 55 future value, um, which I would assume would be ranked where Kylie, Mc, like if Kylie McDaniel had a 55 value, he should be higher than Brian Ramos, who was at 48. Yep. Um, so I don't know if they're just assuming that he's going to be a, a major leaguer. And but I, still, I think they is, do that I know. for people I, who are prospective prospects. I don't know. Going maybe, to the major leagues. It's weird. Maybe he's just too finished. I'm not sure. I mean, like, you see this with the NBA. I mean, people overlook prospects because of the age. I think you can look at Malcolm Brogdon out of Virginia, who ended up going, I think, like 33rd in the NBA draft, and he's turned into a fantastic player for the Bucks and Pacers just because he was a player that learned so much at the college level that he became such a toolsy player that became so valuable in the NBA defensively and offensively. I think he was he could do it all. Year too. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, there's so many. Jalen Brunson. I think went 30th and he was a guy who played four years at Villanova Chicago Hooper yeah um, won a championship like I mean there's there's so many guys that I think get looked overlooked for their their uh, age and I think maybe we'll be able to I mean maybe we should just get Kyle McDaniel or <laughs> you know Keith Law on the podcast and then uh, have an Oscar Colas day because I think it will be worth it especially coming up to spring training I know Justin Jersley had some words on Colas and even the the leadership he could bring so a lot of positive res- uh uh, a lot of positives about Oscar Colas coming out of the White Sox camp. And that's good. And then, so the juxtaposed being 20 years old, like Colston Montgomery is right now, that's probably not hurting him because of all the years uh, left for him to grow and not even kind of close to his uh, prime yet. So I understand why he's there because of the stats go good, the fielding slick, the hitting's good. What he had, the 28 game um, on like base streak, 48, 48 game on base streak. Like he was just ridiculous at single a or low a high a and then you know struggle a little bit at a double a but you know those players are way older than he is i think it was 50 he extended it to 50 i'm not sure if he got over 51 but uh yeah it was a a 50 plus on base streak for colson montgomery um so going into Colson, you talked about him moving to second base. Uh, Kylie McDaniel, who had him ranked to 15 in his top 100, talked about his defense, um, and he said, Montgomery is a shortstop for now and will probably be fine for a while, but any team with an above-average defender at short will side Montgomery over to third, whether he's a 45 or 50 defensively at shortstop. Uh, again, the 20-80 to scale is how uh, they all grade. Prospects, 50 would be MLB average. So he's saying that he would be an MLB average to a little bit below average of a 
shortstop, but the hit tool is what carries him. Um, he's reminded of Kyler McDaniel, is reminded of Corey Seager when seeing him. It's a bigger shortstop who might not be the most solid defensively, but he's a great athlete, um, and he is going to be a hitter. He's going to be a guy that has a 50-plus on-base streak, uh, can walk, can dominate the strike zone with contact, and also drive for power and is a lefty. Um, he's a very unique package. It's just the question of, is Tim Anderson here? And is Yoan Moncada here? Like that, I think, determines Colson's defensive position more than Colson's actually his, his body because what Kylie's saying is he's either a shortstop if he stays at this size or if he bulks up and gets bigger because, again, he's only 20 years old. Um, you know, if he's 25 and he bulks up and becomes huge um, and he's weighing around like, what, 225, um, I'm not sure what his body is, but if he's, he's a really like athletic body, too, right? yeah, if he yeah. really fills out his frame – Maybe he moves over to third base and he's a he's a slugger. Well, and the the minor leagues allow the White Sox to get him prepared to do that kind of thing. Tim, and- you know, we always talk about uh, we talked about it an awful lot with Elvis Andrus. You know, a guy who never played anything but shortstop at the major league level. Could he even move to second base? Could he even play another position? You know, uh, I think the same question applies to Tim Anderson. Could he? You know, is do you, even if Colson Montgomery is legit the real deal? Tim Anderson being here. Do you move? Is it easier to move Tim Anderson or easier to move Colson Montgomery? Uh, you know, Yoan Moncada is a guy who played second base uh, at the big league level for the White Sox, did not do it very well, moved over to third base as a fantastic defender. Why would you move him? You know, it, it might be easier to move a younger guy and they could have take this time to give him some experience playing at other spots on the infield. Again, it, it very much is going to be all about what happens down the line. We might not see Colson Montgomery at the major league level for quite some time still, um, but, you know, something to think about, and I think that these questions are being asked is is a positive sign for the White Sox future moving yeah, forward. And it's exciting, too, because, I mean, if he does it really great in Birmingham, uh, you know, obviously he struggled, but, again, they always said don't take in the stats of Project Birmingham. I don't think he played consistently enough to, to understand the pitching at, at the double-A level, but if he comes in and has the same start that he did in single-A, I wouldn't be shocked if he at next spring training is contending for a position. The White Sox aren't afraid to put some of these guys into the fire. And Colson Montgomery, as Kylie McDaniel said, um, like uh, what Kylie said, like, and Kylie has been, you know, uh, scouting for a very long time. Uh, the selling point of McDonald, uh, or the selling point of Montgomery, there's two guys with M last name. So I'm getting tripped up. The selling point was that he didn't know Montgomery's name because he wasn't playing much summer baseball due to getting five, five power, five interest as a six, four point guard in Indiana. Uh, again, like he had a successful basketball career, um, dual sport athlete. People rave about the athleticism. Uh, his arms already at a 55 grade. So for a shortstop, that's great. Yeah. That's why he can move over to third base. Um, and the hit power has, the ability to be above average, the power well above average. Like it, it's just trending in the right direction for the White Sox. And again, if it's the package starts to form a little bit quicker, I'm not surprised if, if they might rush them up a little bit. And I like the cross training. I don't like the specialization of players nowadays where they're just baseball, football, or basketball. He wanted to play basketball and baseball, and that's good. It gets you different skill sets. It prepares you for different things. We see in the NFL today how many quarterbacks played baseball also. You could see that Patrick Mahomes, of course, his dad, Pat Mahomes, played baseball professionally, but you see the throws coming out of his arm, sidearm, up arm, three-quarters arm, and he has different skills because he's understanding and has done the actual movements of throwing from shortstop to first base. Same thing with Justin Fields and et cetera, et cetera, and the cross-training there with basketball skills. So he has the athleticism. He has the know-it-all. He has the court vision where Tim, same thing, basketball player turned baseball player. I like the cross-training right there because he's an actual athlete and can be moved easily than somebody else who just had baseball. I'm stiff. I played shortstop. I need to play shortstop all the time. Absolutely. Um, Keith Law of The Athletic ranked uh, Montgomery 25th on his ratings, and McDaniel wrapped up his writing saying, uh, Montgomery has the rare combination of skills to warrant a Seager mention as a comp, and if things go... Uh, or keep going uh, likely, like they are. Montgomery will be knocking on the door of the big leagues at the end of the 2023 season with all-star upside. So uh, very exciting. And, yeah, I mean, I w- if, I, if I had a kid, I don't know if that's in my future, uh, and they wanted to play sports, definitely put them in as many as they want. You know, like play seven different sports. Be a tennis player. Why not? I mean, look at Carm. You know, Carm's a great ping-pong player. That's probably great for hand-eye coordination. Carm came out and played softball one year 
way before this happened, and he was an exquisite left fielder, nice. like very good <laughs> at left field. So I don't know if he can join us next year. But, yeah, the tennis skills worked out for his actual softball skills because I was like, that man can play. I thought it was just a tennis player, but, man, he's an athlete. Time to take a, another break, and then we'll get to Except for not stepping in poop. No. <laughs> uh, that's why he goes to tennis camp, though, because he's, he's an athlete. Uh, Going to take a quick break here. Toity-toity. Doesn't want to step in your dog's poop on the street. Hey, and then he's By the way, dragging on the court. Up. Come on now. Yeah, seriously. Especially this neighborhood. This neighborhood's the worst. Come on. It's awful. It's your damn know. dog. It's your responsibility, jerks. It's, yeah, the dog can't pick it up. It doesn't have uh, thumbs. Uh, let's take a quick break, though. <laughs> Uh, it's a good point. It's a good point. You know, hey, it's an inarguable think, point. If you think about it, friends, um, we're gonna have the Monday mailbag after the break, and then we're Get also gonna talk a little bit about uh, Romy Gonzalez. As they have well. opposable thumbs. Yeah, and uh, give them a bag, and you know, they can pick be, up their own poop and throw it at you. Be great. Um, I did have a, a business idea. I did see this on Twitter. Some guy had a, a little mini uh, snowplow. Uh, that he was, it seemed like it was RC operated. So it's basically a Roomba that does uh, snow plowing. Uh, I live in an apartment, don't have to do any snow blow, uh, blowing or shoveling. Uh, but for, peop- for people who don't want to do it, maybe the uh, the elderly, you know, it'd be a great idea. So, uh, you know, uh, engineers out there, uh, there's your there's your big idea. Free, that free doesn't seem idea. like that would work in the Midwest. There's a bit, a bit too much snow. Yeah. It was, there was a decent amount. Of, it was like four inches out there. And this, this bulldozer was killing it. <laughs> I don't know if a Roomba has the motor to clear. No, but I'm saying like a Roomba-like machine where it's it's operated, you know, you set up the boundaries, and it just goes side to side. I go to a side. Color me skeptical. Okay. Yeah. Hey, if anyone wants to, you know, build it and they give me all the credit. You're referring to a snowplow, yeah. Yeah, but like it's it's automatic, you know? It's like it, it'll do it for you. So anyways, uh, NBA fans, <laughs> it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hands with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no bet or, or no sweat. You have to bet it. But uh, a no sweat same game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Opt in and place. That's bet same game parlay on any NBA game and if it doesn't hit you'll get a bonus bet back the Bulls are taking on the Spurs they are who can set the world on fire only the Bulls um we got a same game parlay at plus 285 odds DeMar DeRozan over 35 points plus rebounds and assists oh easy right um he's scored 40 32 and 33 in his three games against San Antonio since leaving San Antonio this is a big game for him. I'm not sure if he's going to be dropping a ton of points, but I think he'll be moving the dish around and they'll be scoring a lot of points on a very uh, injured uh, San Antonio Spurs team. We're also going to go Io DeSumo over nine and a half points and Nikola Vucevic over nine and a half rebounds. Download the app now and sign up with code CHGO. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Let's jump into the Monday mailbag from our great CHGO diehards. And hey, Rex Smith is right. Got to work, but uh, smash the like button. All right? Have fun at work, Rex. Smash the like button on your way out. Uh, Steven, feel free to flash up the first mailbag question. Thank you. Uh, Will the Scout, if slash when Bally Sports collapse, what happens to the broadcast of MLB games? I know the Sox will likely be fine on NBC, but what might the financial fallout be, and how will the league try to respond? Uh, it is probably a, a tough time that they sold 15% of Bamtech, because um, it would be nice if they would be able to uh, devote some, uh, some of that uh, abilities there, but uh, maybe it's a, a prime opportunity for Apple to step up its game. I don't know if people love the Apple uh, MLB games, but sure. if some of these bigger players like Amazon are, are trying to get into the streaming game, uh, maybe it's an opportunity for them. I, I don't know exactly what will happen, but I think I even saw some Bally sports broadcasts on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah. Um, it was the SIU game. So, I mean, maybe NBC Sports will be picking up different games in different markets. They could, but I, you know, firstly and foremost, want all the Bally sports people to be good. The people over here mm-hmm. at uh, the stadium and such, uh, my guy Russ Dorsey, all be good. Even if it does, you know, collapse and all the RSNs go away, which is a lot in Major League Baseball, somebody in those markets would have to pick those things up. And I think, you know, somebody would. I mean, we were working at the score at the time, and I know this is radio and TV. It's two different things. But 
uh, station had closed down where the White Sox and the Bulls were both on that station. We were trying to pick up the White Sox. It didn't work out. I think MVP picked them up. But we picked up the Bulls eventually, and we worked out a, a nice deal between our, our station and the Chicago Bulls to air their games. Don't worry if you're in one of these markets. I think the Twins, the Padres, other teams, the Cardinals are in these uh, markets for the Bally Sports people. I think somebody will pick it up eventually. I just want all the people who work for this company to be fine, find another job, or hopefully Bally just keeps on going, solves their uh, bankruptcy problem, and keeps the people keep on going. That's because Russ is the good. See, we all know. We're talking mm-hmm. about Apple TV. He was on that uh, broadcast when Albert Pujols hit his 700 home run with Wayne Randazzo on the call and CY on the side. So I would be you know, shocked if there's just you know, no one to pick up the slack. Every single market has a, uh, enough people, enough uh, money to pick up an RSN. If even the teams just want to do an in-house type of thing to, to just have their t- uh, broadcast out there for the public to consume. We don't have that problem here because the Cubs and Sox are on their individual own uh, uh, sites where they're not owned by Bally Sports. Yeah, and the MLB said that they might be able to take back some of the broadcasting rights as well. Um, uh, I think up to 14 teams if uh, bankruptcy does happen. Uh, but again, like they're pretty tech savvy. Um, and, and front office sports has a quote uh, from Noah Garden, MLB's chief revenue officer. Uh, and they've been monitoring the situation for a long time. They have a contingency plan. Like I, I'm not too worried that those MLB games won't be broadcasted because that's what makes money in sports is broadcast. I mean, Tom Brady made $325 million and he hasn't even joined the Fox <laughs> Sports booth yet. Like, I mean, go look at the Big Ten. Like, Kevin Warren just got a ton of money for that conference and added two teams because of that 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 money. And, and deals are where it's at. Right. So um, I, I would be surprised if MLB uh, let that money evaporate. Uh, so I, I think MLB will definitely be able to at least uh, carry that in a everything goes wrong situation where uh, they're not able to get something figured out. I lost two of their things. I, Apple TV lost two of their people, though. Who? Where, well, they didn't lose them. Wayne Rendazzo's going to the Angels, oh, I believe, yes. and then Steven Nelson's going to the Dodgers. So, you know, I don't know if they can be doing the Apple TV games on a Friday night if they're doing play-by-play for those teams all, all the time. I got Jason, though, you know, did, did a couple Apple TV games. So Yeah, but... Yeah, but that's Jason's got a special contract because Jason's Jason. Jason Benet. I mean, maybe they're able to, you know, and we've seen, I think Wayne called the Dodgers game, so maybe mm-hmm. they just have Steven Nelson call the Dodgers games on Apple TV. They'll figure it out. Uh, let's go to our guy Jimbo's question. Uh, with the addition of German, uh, that is Franklin German, uh, former. 2022 minor league pitcher for the Red Sox. Any chance the Sox get back into talks for Max Kepler, Brendan Donovan, Phoenix Sanders? Maybe in Franco Almond. So or Almond, I guess. Jimbo, Sean had to explain this joke to me and her. <laughs> it's very good at the end of the day. I appreciate it. But uh wow. What a deep what a deep cut that is. It is a deep cut. And and shout out to you for knowing every the, baseball player born in Germany. He could have added former White Sox Will Omen, former White Sox Edwin Jackson. Yes. Both born in Germany. Oh That's true. I had no idea that Will Omen was born. There. Yes, he was. I used to call Edwin Jackson the Karmasar. <laughs> because he was born in Germany on a military base. After that, after the fire song? Yeah, after the fire song. Every time I used to come in the game, I used to play that song. That one, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, Don't cool. turn around. Uh-oh. Okay, the commissar's cool. in town. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Their only song. Um, it's a good one. Probably. It, it was redone no. by a bunch of people. Like Taco, I think, redid it, too. Taco's only song, though, was... Uh, Amadeus. Put, oh. No, it was Putting on the Ritz. Putting on the Ritz? Was it? Yeah. Okay. Taco, yeah. Uh, uh, Amadeus was... Uh, Somebody else? God, I know. I think Taco did Amadeus too. No, because it's one hit wonders. Taco's stealing things. Falco. Come on, baby. It was Falco. Falco? Yeah, Falco was Rock Me Amadeus. Shane Falco? uh, Yeah. (laughs) Same guy. Um, (laughs) Keanu Reeves was very busy in the 80s. Uh, So the joke is, though, Brendan Donovan, Max Kepler, Phoenix Sanders, all born in Germany. Yes. Uh, And then uh, Ailman being a, a beer, a beer joke. Sure. Yeah. Just yeah. To, for, to explain it to those people. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think they get Max Kepler. I, I thought those jokes were and those reports were pretty laughable. Uh, and now that Robert Flores on MLB Network, uh, his MLB The Show buddy, he's hyping up Lucas Giolito as MLB The Show buddy. Like, I, I think he's staying the way. And the White Sox are retweeting the row flow uh, MLB Network take. Uh, I think Lucas Giolito is staying in, in Chicago, and I don't think he's being traded for uh, for Max Kepler. I thought those, those rumors were laughable. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, let's go to the next 
mailbag question. Uh, this one's from uh, Know It None, our guy Clark. With tickets for sale and spring training coming soon, is it okay to feel hope for the coming season? Or am I wearing rose-colored glasses? Last year, the preseason was socks to the series, and this year it's socks suck worse offseason by any team. Avoid the park. I was... An early and frequent Han critic for avoiding the community and press beyond the beat writers, and I was banging the drum about Tony's random lineups in May. Is it reasonable to feel some hope? What would be warning signs once the team is on the field to give up the glimmer of hope? I will answer that last question first and then give it to you guys if anyone is injured. That's probably the biggest warning sign. If, if, if one of these players go down, it's what we've seen the past two years. And while they won 93 games in 2021, I don't think that talent is at the same level as 2021. You lost Jose Abreu, so there you go. The team's not at the same level, and Yasmani Grandal's not that good anymore. Mm. I would I'd say, be shocked if he had a 20-home run season in you. In I would him. say that I don't ever tell people to stay away from the ballpark because I know I derive happiness and joy from the ballpark, no matter how the team is. Now, if you don't want to give Jerry Reinsdorf money and do all that stuff, you can always go through the Game Time app. There you go. Somebody already bought them. They gave Jay Ryan stuff money. You're just giving money to game time and that person. So um, don't don't take away your joy. If you find joy at the ballpark in the summer, drinking a beer, Goose Island, hopefully, uh, eating a hot dog, any of that stuff, then do it. Don't deprive yourself of that happiness. And if you feel positive about this, we're three jamokes who give opinions. Now, Vinny's a little smarter than us. He actually is a writer and has a journalistic view of things we're out here doing fan stuff so you are don't listen don't listen to what we're saying and let that discourage you we're just trying to give you our own opinions on things if you clark feel like you want to go and you're feeling like you know what this team was this that that away from actually competing last year they're not that bad this year go with it man feel the way you need to feel don't ask us for it you're hey if you feel positive about it feel positive about it brother I think there's uh, several different questions in that one. And I think I get what Clark is trying to say. What Clark is trying to say is, is there any reason to be hopeful that the White Sox will be good in 2023? And my answer would be yes, of course there is. They they have a lot of very talented players. It is my opinion that they are on paper still probably the best team in the American League Central. Uh, Obviously, on paper doesn't always play out that way. uh, And I think that they've got a lot of guys who cannot possibly – put up the kind of season they put up last year again. That being said, Sean, I agree with you. They probably are not in a – they're probably in a worse spot right now than they were at the beginning of the offseason because Jose Abreu is on the Houston Astros. That's how I would answer that question. The other question is, apparently you're asking, should you pay for tickets because the White Sox might – I don't care if, if, if the White Sox are going to be good or not and whether you enjoy going to a baseball game or not, Herb, to echo what you just said – are two totally different things mm-hmm. to me. Now, maybe it's not to you. Maybe you only want to go to the baseball game when they're good. Well, then wait around and see if they start winning to go to the baseball game. But I, when I was a kid, I always said, oh, I like baseball. I'm going to watch it. We'll see if the team wins. Hopefully yeah. they do. But, uh, yeah, so that's what I would say there. Um, again, we can talk about whether they're going to be good, whether there's reason to think they're going to be good, or whether uh, there's re- reason to think they're not. Uh, but when it comes to you know, ooh, season t- or tickets are on sale, should I uh, should I buy the season ticket or should I buy the tickets because the team might not win? Guess what? There's always a chance, even if they're the best team in baseball, that they might not win the day you go to the game. So yeah, a uh, few different questions going on there, and uh, hopefully we answered a few of them. I think too, like baseball is the best. I enjoy baseball. And I enjoy it at any park. And it's really, what's your home park? Uh, if, you are a, if you'd rather see the White Sox win, but you enjoy Wrigley better, maybe it's easier for you to get there and you're going to more games at Wrigley, I don't, I'm not going to bash you, all right? You're not a bad White Sox fan if you're just enjoying baseball. You're probably spending more money because those tickets are usually more expensive. But yeah, yeah. Well, go to game time and you'll be uh, you know, guaranteed the lowest price. Very true. Um, but even if it's like, you know, Windy City Thunderbolts or maybe you're a Chicago Dogs fan, like, you know, it's, it's baseball. Wolf-off. Woof, woof. Uh, go dogs. Uh, love mustard. Uh, I haven't gone yet. I need to get out there. I've never gone either. But I've driven by the park, I, th- I think. A lot yeah, of times. It's Rosemont. Yeah. Impact Field, I think it is. Yeah. But you can't see into that one. Like, you can see thing. into the, the, uh, softball one? To the softball stadium from the expressway, right? The Bandits. No, you can see. Isn't it the same park now? No. No, no it's two different parks. Yeah, You've got a softball park and a baseball park. Very yeah. close. Okay. I think, I think Impact's the one closest. The baseball field's the closest to the highway, though. 
Maybe. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I Casey's think you're wrong. Still here? Yeah, Casey's here. She? She's on the corner over there. Casey! <laughs> but I say, as John says, no, no, no. anything, she's in the office with, I think, uh, nope, it's not. Jake's just hanging by himself. But, like, if you want to see a baseball game, Look about all this time. Sean and I, we were just talking about, and Vinny, before this, the show started. After October, I didn't want to see another baseball game ever again. February 6th, now I'm like, man, I'm Jones for some baseball. Let's get some. If that's how you feel and that's what you want to do, yeah, the White Sox might have done everything you wanted them to do. They didn't do everything I wanted to do in this offseason. But I believe the White Sox had a process. They followed their process. And they believe the players they have already in the clubhouse are good enough to get it, and they just needed little tweaks. And that's why they get Benintendi and Clevenger. You know, Clevenger's still, situation is still up in the air. Still go to the game. If you feel like, hey, I don't like the White Sox, but I love that stadium. There's nothing wrong with the food. There's zero things wrong with the drinks. And the atmosphere is always convivial. Let's go to the game. Go to the game. Don't deprive yourself just because you're mad. That's the only person going to know that you're mad is you. <laughs> at the house, just pissed off throwing things at the TV. Now you got to go buy a new TV. Instead, go to the ballpark and do that. Don't throw things at the TV, though. Don't, don't throw things at all at the ballpark. You don't at all. throw things at the ballpark. You will get ejected. Don't even yes. throw a, a b- baseball back. That is done on the north side. If I see you doing it, I'm calling the usher. But also, if, like, if they see you do it, you get ejected at any other ballpark. Yeah, period. Actual, that is a rule. Actual question <laughs> that I have: uh, Why are you allowed to do it at Wrigley Field? Because they started that dumbass tradition. No, but that here's the thing: If the whole point like, is that you sh- you can't throw a baseball kids. back because you might hit somebody and hurt them, you can also hit somebody and hurt them at Wrigley Field. I think a couple of people Enforce have tried. The rules. I when I was when I was younger I asked I asked somebody shouldn't this was before when they had the uh the dark ages of NFL touchdown celebrations and nobody was allowed to do anything <laughs> without getting flagged. I always said the Lambo leap is a penalty. It is. It's a premeditated celebration. Yeah. It's a, they should have been yeah. penalizing well, people for that. But they, they, that's, under that rule. Yeah, that's grandfathered in. Well, but that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> they should have created a cool tradition where you jump into the crowd. Either Either you force them all. Don't eject people who throw baseballs back at all the other stadiums, or eject people who throw them back at Wrigley Field. I have no idea why they're allowed. It's dumb. If you're a Cub fan or any fan that believes that's smart or your tradition, you're dumb. Give it to a kid or somebody else who wants the baseball. It's a dumb tradition. You guys started something dumb a long time ago. Doesn't mean it's good now. You have a dumb tradition. At ballpark sucks too. And here's another question. Uh, you know they always play those hilariously cute videos of when they hand it to like a three-year-old kid and the kid throws, throws it, it back, right? Those kids don't get ejected, do they? No, I, I would want so. that would be so mean if <laughs> they, they ejected should, those kids. Hard and I mean, fast, come yeah, on, kid. Seriously, you know how are they going to learn? Um, we <laughs> got, they throw them in ballpark jail. <laughs> the, uh, night. the bars are baseball bats. <laughs> Yeah, like, made by know. Rod Kittle. Yeah. Uh, um, we got Romy Gonzalez projections uh, in just a sec. Uh, there was one other thing. Oh, uh, so yeah, okay. Just making sure that uh, no one gave it away. So I just looked this up when the tradition started of throwing the ball back at Wrigley Field. Um, 1969 and 1970 were the two dates. A fan, 24 year old Cubs fan, caught a ball from a certain player, tried to give it back to this player. Guy didn't want it. Next year, caught the ball. And was like, well, if you don't want it, I don't want it. And threw it back on the field. So who is the player, the opposing player, who hit a home run at Wrigley Field in 1969 and 1970 that started the ball-throwing-back tradition? I'm thinking it had to be a Met or a Cardinal, somebody they played a lot. Back then, in 1969, they lost the division to the Mets. So I'm going to say Tommy Agee. No. I'm going to say it had to be an outfielder, right? Because you can't try to give a ball back to somebody you can't, that can't hear you. So I'll go ahead and say, because you're asking this question, it's probably someone famous. I'll say it was Hank Aaron. This is why Vinny is good at trivia. <laughs> Boom. He is correct. <laughs> Boom. A left fielder right. that you could talk to. And, uh, yeah, a guy that hit, I, as isn't some it, people isn't know. Isn't today his birthday? Is it really? Wow. Happy I think today's birthday. Hank Aaron's Hank birthday. Aaron? Happy Heavenly. Hey, it's his birthday. Happy Heavenly oh, no, birthday no, to, it's to Hammer and it Hank. Ye- it, was, it was yesterday. Yesterday was uh, his birthday. We All weren't right. here yesterday. Hey. Happy belated to Hammer and hey. Hank. <laughs> Heavenly. I met him one time. It's that's all cool. good. Oh, that's awesome. Here in Chicago. That's cool. He was doing like a civil, the White Sox was doing the civil rights game that year. And so he was here in the, that weekend and I got to meet him and a bunch of other stars. A little handshake? Uh, he, no, he told me he had to go to the bathroom real quick and then I never saw him again. Awesome. That's that a, brings up a great question. I'm going to throw this in for Mailbag Monday, you guys. You ready? Mm-hmm. Who's the most famous person you've ever been in a public bathroom with? Hmm. It's hard. <laughs> I don't think anybody. Thankfully. 
You I got, I've not. An I'm, I'm, I've got a great answer. I don't go outdoors often. Enough. Please tell us, huh? Please tell. Most oh, famous person next week. Oh, we're, we're saving this. No, 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 no. It's Mailbag Monday. Most most famous person I've ever been in a public bathroom with Mitt Romney. Wow, oh, really? Yeah. Where? At the Final Four. Oh, nice. In Indianapolis. <laughs> yep. I don't just know why guy, he was there, just but a yeah. couple hoopers. You and you and Mitt Romney was known all there. Was Fame. BYU in the game? No, no. Okay. It was uh, Wisconsin. Maybe, was it uh, Michigan State? Duke and Kentucky. Little, little Paul Ryan thing. Maybe a little Paul Ryan connection. No, I don't know. I don't know. Well, he's not from Indianapolis. He's no, but Paul Ryan was a Massachusetts from governor. He was born and raised in Michigan. Yeah, Michigan and, State and Utah was in, was in the final four. Maybe, but yeah. maybe. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, Stephen, you got any public? Celebrity bathroom? Uh, Herb Lawrence once walked in behind me. He was just waiting to use the urinal, though. That's pretty sick. That's the best I could do. Wow. Uh, I think Herb would also be my answer as well. Um, <laughs> well, you guys have had terrible lives. <laughs> yeah, kind of. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's been fantastic. Anyways, uh, let's get into Romy Gonzalez. Uh, we've been doing these season previews uh, for about a day now. Uh, we did one on Andrew Vaughn. Uh, for now, about a day. <laughs> for about yeah, a day. Uh, we did first base yesterday. Now it's on to second base. We got some Romy Gonzalez stats. First, let's show you what he did in 2022. Because right now, I would assume that he is the leader in the clubhouse to be the White Sox starting second baseman in 2022. 109 plate appearances for Romy Gonzalez. Two home runs. Uh, drove in 11. Uh, walked 1.8% of the time, struck Not out 35.8% of the time. Also terrible. These numbers are bad, Sean. Yes, hit 238, bad. 257, bad. and 352. Bad. Um, an F war of zero. A four. Uh, which isn't bad, mm-hmm. but isn't great uh, or good, actually. Uh, and then, I mean, what do we make of Romy's 2022? I mean, he didn't have a lot of time. He's been injured as well throughout uh, the minors. Well, 2022... I would love for all White Sox fans, what I'm doing for the most part, is pretty much just saying that was the fluke year. That was the off year because of the lockout we had, how the whole situation was like, we're playing baseball, and then, hey, get get your ass to Arizona and Florida quickly. Romy, I think, was hurt in the early part of the season, so we really couldn't do a lot. And I remember like thinking, like, where the hell is Romy Gonzalez early in the year when the White Sox did need a second-base replacement and he wasn't there? And so those numbers, especially at the major league level, I'm just going to poo-poo and say, you know, he had a tough year, and it was a tough year for most White Sox. So I don't think he's that player. The preview we got of Romy Gonzalez in 2021 is more the guy I think he's going to be. Um, and I know the projections we're going to share in a second are going to be wild, but... If he can just be a solid defender, if the rest of the team is just the back of the baseball cards, I think Roman Gonzalez can skate under uh, not being an offensive superstar. Just be a guy that gets on base every once in a while, hits at the bottom of the order, and make sure you field at second base. Not a lot of errors and such like that. So I think the guy will be fine. I would have wanted an upgrade at second base, but apparently they believe in this guy or leaning Sosa a lot, or they just struck out in free agency or and or He's trades. Local, uh, to, to Pedro Grafal and Mike yeah, Tozar Miami, in Miami. A Miami guy, went to University of Miami, so relatively still young, too. So I think that he'll do a adequate job at second base, not anything that you're supposed to have as a contender for the World Series, so... You know, it is what it is right now. They've they've downshifted to Romy Gonzalez. And as Vinny says, always, there might be a, a signing at second base, you know, a veteran signing at second base. The, the pickings are slim now because Josh Harrison just got signed by Philadelphia. So I hope there's somebody out there that's available that can take over second base if Romy Gonzalez and or Lenny Sosa are not who they're going to be. Elvis Andres is still on the market. That's enough. Doesn't play second base. Well, <laughs> good. A lot he's of real, pitchers on the market, too. Re- doesn't, doesn't solve that problem. If he's real desperate. Uh, I don't think Romy Gonzalez has probably done much of anything at the major league level that would overly impress, that would consider uh, anybody Oof. to say, hey, let's give the job to that guy. He happens to be the guy uh, who's standing here at the moment, though. Um, and that doesn't mean he can't succeed. Uh, he very well could. Um, but I don't think you can say point to anything that he's done so far and say, yes, that's why he's going to be a great success at second base at the major league level. Uh, you can pretty much compare it to Danny Mendick, who probably, without an ACL tear, would be the favorite right now to start at second base. And he had a nice stretch last year where everybody was like, finally, Danny Mendick's here after two years of being kind of a small mm-hmm. sample size, whatever, who knows what he is kind of thing. Finally, he's, he's showing what he's made of. Well, that was a pretty small sample size, too. So I don't really know if anybody 
knows what to expect from Romy Gonzalez. The White Sox seem confident. Um, so there you go. There's that. Take that for what it's worth. Uh, but it, it would really, again, it, it, I said it at the beginning of the offseason that it would surprise me if we got to opening day and Romy, and they were choosing between Romy Gonzalez and Lenin Sosa, and here I am surprised because we're about to get to spring training where that's the case. Again, stuff can happen in spring training on the on the uh, we still got seven days. Front. Well, they do have seven <laughs> days, and they then they've got a month and a half worth of camp. You know what right. I mean? There's nothing saying that they can't just be like, all right, whatever, let's go get somebody else. This isn't working, and maybe it will work. So you just got to wait and see. Um, I don't think that this was uh, uh, a, a big – Obviously, they did not succeed at improving this position during the offseason. I have no idea how hard they tried to do it or not, but um, this was at the top of my uh, needs list going into last offseason. It was at the top of my needs list for this team going into this offseason, and they uh, so far have done nothing to address it. So uh, it doesn't mean it won't work. Maybe Roman Gonzalez will go out and do what Sean's about to show you that some computer thinks he's going to do. Uh, (laughs) I think that that would be outrageous if that's what he did. But, um, hey, it's up to Roman Gonzalez to prove everybody wrong. Okay, so (laughs) let's let's show the 2023 projections. This is the steamer... 600 projections, which Steamers just ranked. means they take the steamer projections that they have for Romy Gonzalez, which are 66 games, 252 plate appearances, 8 home runs, 28 uh, runs, 28 RBIs, 6 stolen bases, with a 6% walk rate, 30.5 strikeout Oof. rate, 161 uh, ISO, 229 average, 286 on base percentage, a slugging of 390 and a way to runs create a plus of 91. This is just if he was the everyday second baseman and the literal everyday, the literal everyday 162 games. Like, yeah, maybe he would hit 20 home runs, but I also think his body would break down if he played 162. Um, I just wanted to show, like, what... I just I, I think he's going to play more than 66 games. Will he play more than 66 games for the White Sox at second base? If I set it at 65 and a half over under... Will Romy Gonzalez play more than 65 and a half games at second base for the White Sox in 2023? As the roster is currently constructed, yes. yes. He's the favorite to win the everyday starter that's, job. You don't, that's why the, the numbers favorite. are 20 home runs. Well, that's silly. <laughs> I know it's why silly, but I'm just extrapolating. But it's, it's, it's more, I'm just, I'm presenting the numbers and then also giving you context. Of course, he's he's not going to play 600, have 600 plate appearances. Well, I guess my I, point I, is, so, even if he does play 162 games, he's not hitting 20 home runs. You just watched no, every White Sox I, I'm on not the saying, team fail to hit any ever. I'm home not runs saying he's he's hitting home twenty home runs, right. and the computer isn't saying that either. I mean, like the computer I, deserves to be thrown off a roof. I, I let me. <laughs> let, I'll find you some funny steamer six hundred projections. Yeah, and so um, it's just it's just because it's extrapolated to one hundred and sixty two games. Yeah, that's the only reason why it's twenty home runs. And that's no, not I even like that. A, but I'm okay. saying if he played one hundred and sixty two home runs, he's or games, he's not hitting twenty home runs. No, that would be a fifty percentile season, and I don't think Romy Gonzalez, he plays one hundred and sixty two games, is going to. I don't think Romy Gonzalez in his career is going to hit 20 home runs in a season, much less this upcoming year. I would agree with that. So, like, yeah, I know they're outsized uh, projections and such, but if that was his number, an F war of 1.6, I would take that. It's not great, but this is where the White Sox have left us. I want above average play, and that is above average play. Not hugely above average, but that is solid. And that would ha- have to be made up by mostly solid defense because you saw the stats there, the uh, on base and the slugging is nowhere near anywhere. The ISO is there because you're going to hit 20 home runs. So I would say that if you can get 1.6 war, F war, or, G- or B war out of four or war, or war. <laughs> The band? Yeah. <laughs> if you get 1.6 gore out nice of people out of him, man, you're doing work. You're doing well. And if that's your worst player on the team, I, that's half the thing. I think the White Sox with this currently constructed roster are probably shooting for like a Kansas City 2014, 2015 type of team where no one's below average. Yeah, well. Everybody's above average. There are some superstars, but everybody is doing their job at an above average level. That and so you don't have that many like flaws in the in the roster. That team was so small ball though. Like they stole so many bases. They were so fast. Well, like, but the the White Sox should have a much White, better starting rotation than that team. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah. White Sox should have much more power too. I they mean, should. Like, the White Sox should at least be fifteenth or better. Should in in home runs. They should. And if they're not, they're going to win less than eighty three games. Um, 
Anyways, uh, Romy's projected four um, for 2023 if he plays 66 games is point seven. Uh, so not huge there for for the Sox. Again, I think Josh Harrison gave you a two four uh, last year. So again, they, two they're, four four. That's hard to say. <laughs> two four two f war. Two four four. Um, two four four. Also, maybe Eric Gonzalez or Hanzo, Hanzer Alberto impressed during spring training, uh, but there's no guarantees, obviously, with those players, but they do have major league experience. Uh, we will get you out on this just to make you laugh. Uh, this is a projected uh, per steamer 600 um, for players to hit 30 or 20-plus home runs. Uh, again, this is taking any player in the White Sox organization. Uh, Aloy Jimenez in 142, uh, 142 games, 600-player appearances, will hit 31 home runs. That's garbage. Oscar Colas in 142 games, 600 player appearances will hit 26 home runs. I might be right. Uh, Wilfred Veras, Veras, who's currently double A, uh, exactly. 20 years old, uh, will in 142 games over 600 plate appearances will hit 26 home runs. Well, at double A, is what they're saying. Uh, no, or they're saying in the it, major leagues. If you no. put this person that I, I haven't guess. heard of before in the major leagues, he'd he'd hit 20 something homers. 600 plate appearances slash 200 innings projections. Huh. Or MLB. The league is MLB. I think this computer has a virus. I, I, I think it's it's just based strictly on the numbers that it's given. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's got any bias. I think if you said, like, if, if there was more of an age factor in this, maybe be tampered down. Uh, Gavin Sheets to hit 25, Luis Robert 24, Vaughn 24, Jake Berger 24, Goodwin Bennett, which is, I've never heard that name in my That's life. That's an MVP baseball creative player. Yes, mm-hmm. Craig Dedlow, also uh, creative player, 23. Uh, Brian uh, Brian Ramos, uh, 22, DJ Gladney, 22, and Romy Gonzalez at 20. Those are the players to hit 20, uh, projected to steamer 600. So, so you could throw it in the garbage because of Aloy. 140 games for Aloy and only 31 home runs. Come on now. Or Tim Anderson. Come on too, now. Not yeah. on that list. Tim He's Anderson. no Wilford Veras. Yeah. No, 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 no. He's not. He's, <laughs> he, he wishes. He was I will Wilford mark Veras. it down. If Aloy Jimenez starts or plays 142 games, he's hitting 40 home runs. Guys, Monty Grandal in the Steamer 600 plate appearance uh, projection only is projected for five, 450 plate appearances. For the stat built for 600 plate appearances, he can't for even 600, get there. He's so he, can't even, he can't even get there. He can't even. <laughs> he's not even projected in the 600. Like yeah, we can't get there. Just mercy. There's like two seasons. I can't do that. Uh, Tim is projected to hit 15 in the 600, 600 uh, Steamer projections, which is the same as Colson Montgomery. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's going to do it for the CHGO White Sox Live podcast. Thank Rain you very assault. much for joining us. Maybe we're going to figure out a different projections uh, yeah. program for tomorrow. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber, and he'll be sharing more thoughts on uh, what Justin Jershley had to say uh, during the week. So check out allchgo.com. And that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckmanwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Thank you very much for hanging out with us in the chat, everybody. And thank you to all of our diehards who contributed to the mailbag today. And make sure that you sign up to be a, ma- uh, a diehard because on Wednesday at 8 o'clock, we have our CHGO White Sox happy hour where Herb, Vinny, and I will be chatting with you uh, about whatever you want. You lead that discussion and conversation on Wednesday. So it should be a fun hour uh, at 8 p.m. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. here on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Thank you. Go Sox.